Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 30. That's right, Maniacs. We've hit 30 episodes in less than our first 11 months, which I think is fantastic, and it's beyond what I thought we'd be able to accomplish this quickly. It's always been my goal to be posting an episode a week, and right now we've just got this back catalog of episodes that have been recorded. So in the next little while, we'll probably even be doing more than one episode a week. So really, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate everyone who's listening in, whether it's for the occasional episode or whether you've been a dedicated listener listening to every episode. I appreciate each and every one of you, each and every listen. It really means a lot. We've got about a month left in season one. We'll see how many episodes uh, we get out before then, and then we'll be going headstrong into season two in the new year. So, episode 30 which is actually probably the only time the episode number and my age will match, unless I slow down real hard, but that's not going to happen. So let's make episode 30 a good one. And I know I always say they're all good ones, but they are. We have such great guests on the Adamantium podcast. Everyone's super interesting and super friendly. I've never had an awkward interview yet or an interview that I wasn't happy with at the end. But episode 30 is nice and iconically Canadian because we've got golden boy, Juno award-winning country singer Brett Kissel on the show. And Brett is just a real treat to meet in person and hang out with. And he's just so genuine. And I actually at one point thought that I was the interviewee on the show because he took so much interest in what I do. And uh, I thought that was really cool. We could have talked probably all night. We were a little time constricted, but Brett even made sure we got a little more time. And I do appreciate that, especially since he's on this crazy, amazingly ambitious tour right now. It's breaking records, Canadian records. It's I think it's the biggest tour in Canadian history. There's 100 plus dates. He's hitting every province and every territory. Pretty incredible stuff. Brett also announced last week that next year he'll be headlining the Havelock Country Jamboree in Havelock, Ontario, celebrating 30 years of country music, which is fantastic. Congrats, Brett. So Brett and I met in Mississauga before his show at the Living Arts Center. It's funny, too, because I've actually met Brett Kissel once before, and there's a really kind of funny story behind that, kind of embarrassing on my part, and we actually talk about it in the interview So I hope you guys get a good laugh out of it as well. And as we always do when we have a touring musician on the show, we always do the Adamantium Recommend section, which is when I pick five of my favorite songs by that artist and recommend them to you so that you can check them out maybe before getting to know them in the interview or afterwards if you're curious. So here are five songs by Brett Kissel recommended by the Adamantium first song I'm going to recommend, first two songs I'm going to recommend are from Brett's new album, We Were That Song. The first song is actually same name as the album, We Were That Song, also the name of the the tour he's on. The second song is called Anthem. Then going back in his discography a little bit, I recommend the song 321 as well. The third song would be Pick Me Up, and the last song I would recommend is a cute little song called I Didn't Fall In Love With Your Hair. So, I mean, chances are you might know them already, but if you don't, give them a quick listen and then enjoy our conversation with Brett. 
Before we get right into it, just a friendly, quick reminder, if you are listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, feel free to hit subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and review. Helps us get even more great interviews. Also, follow us on social media. You can find The Adamantium on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So, without further ado, let's introduce you to country music, Canadian country music star, Brett Kissel, here on episode number 30 of the Adamantium Podcast. Enjoy, everyone. So how, how did you... So, how did this all come together you know for you? You know what? I, I was going to end with this story, but I got yeah. a good story. We actually met once before. Well, I'm sorry that I don't remember. No, no, no. Was I drunk? No, no, no. Okay. No, I don't. It's actually slightly embarrassing on my part. Okay. So we met at a Zach Brown concert. Okay. So I do a lot of media as yes. well. For, so I just started with the Edge 102. Yeah. And I used to just do a lot of magazines, stuff like mm-hmm. that on the side. And um, so I shoot shows, write reviews, write interviews. That's yeah. how this all started. And I decided to start the podcast, kind of nice. do my own thing. Well, good for you. So, yeah. And so I didn't this, want was, to... this was what? Uh, end of August or early September or something like that? The Zach no, Brown show? Uh, this was of last year. Yeah, but yeah. I was at... End of August last year at was Molson it, Amphitheater. Molson Sorry, Amphitheater Budweiser before stage. it became Budweiser Stage. That's right. It was the last Maybe season, it wasn't it? Become, it might yeah. have just become Budweiser yeah. Stage. Um, so, yeah. So... I was, you were in the media area, and yeah. I didn't recognize you because you didn't have the cowboy hat on. Right. And I was hanging out with Corey, Corey, I think his name's Corey Kelly. Yeah, Corey Kelly. Runs his own website That's right. as yeah. well. So I was hanging out with him. I just met him that day, too. Yeah, Tour Bus Entertainment. And he introduced is. me to you, mm-hmm. but didn't, just obviously assumed I recognized yeah. you. And, and of course I knew who you were, but I didn't, I didn't recognize you yeah. with the cowboy hat. And <laughs> I said something like, who do you shoot for <laughs> to you? Oh, yeah. And you kind of just were like, uh, dodged the question a little yeah. bit. And I was like, anyways, so we talked music for a little yeah, while. Yeah. And then I mean, one of the other girls that works for one of the other magazines came out. She's like, oh, my, you were talking to Brett Kissel. And I was like, I was? Oops. <laughs> Oops. So, <laughs> like I just, so, so, you now, thought, so you thought I was a photographer. Well, it was all photographers hanging out there. You know what? And, I can turn that around <laughs> and think that's a compliment because you look at some of the great photographers that do like live shots, National Geographic, or Travel the World. It's a damn cool job, and 90% of them look really, really cool. Yeah, that was, that's so if I looked cool I enough to be a photographer like you or Corey Kelly well, or all those, all those studs, that. man, I'll take that as a compliment. So it became a thing amongst yeah. afterwards. It was like that time you asked Brett Kissel what blog he shoots for. <laughs> hey, depends on how my career goes. There's, there's no denying that we might... I mean, my wife and I actually have thought about doing some stuff on the family front yeah, yeah. and talking about things in a more public setting. Nothing's materialized, yeah. but I might be asking you for some tips about how you launch uh, this thing and you know how things what? are going. And In today's, something like this is awesome in today's <clears throat> modern yeah. era. You can, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Right. Now I can, you know, I was just like, I want to do it. So I did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and, I, and I'm glad you did because you never know what's going to become the next Joe Rogan podcast. Right, you never know right. who's going to be the next Gary Vee, right? So yeah. it's really cool that as you're starting as, yeah. this and yeah. you're and you're doing it in the right place, like doing it in the area code of 416-905 is very important because well, there's a lot of people and a lot, that was it. When a I, lot of access. When I travel or I've, my family's Irish, when I go to I'm like, Toronto, like 
I would argue Toronto has the best music scene in all of North America. Because if you're coming to Canada, you're going to do Toronto. Yeah. So I've even, like, explored New York's music scene. I'm like, I think even Toronto has a better music scene than New York City. You can go out any night of the week, and there's someone you recognize playing somewhere. Uh, Absolutely. There are are always big stars and big names in the area. And at the same time, time, it's really cool. The up-and-comers that are coming up through the ranks, like... I wonder what Drake's show was like 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. I wonder what Bieber was like right when he was like playing in a shopping mall for, or something for like YouTube. that. Yeah. For YouTube. Like, what was Mendez like? What was Alessia Cara like mm-hmm. in, in high school or yeah. in junior high? Like, it's really cool, these great um, Canadian artists and what they've been able to accomplish. At the same time, now living in Nashville, you know, spending time in New York, spending time in L.A., I don't know what Toronto needs to do to have, and it's growing, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. They're in the conversation. But to have that cachet and that name and that mm-hmm. presence internationally, that's a wow yeah. feeling. And it's I'm not true. saying that Toronto doesn't have a wow thing. I'm just saying it. there's something sexy about saying I'm from New York or discovered right. in New York, yeah, yeah. discovered in Los Angeles. Or, you know, in the UK, you know, this artist is from London. I, I think it's think getting better, though. It's getting better, and I would imagine in a couple of years, probably, yeah. it's going to be sexy to say this artist was from, from Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. It's the next city that's going to do that. Yeah. So I hope it happens. Yeah. And Did that sound negative? I hope it didn't. No, no, I don't think so at all. I think, I mean, if you can compare music in Canada in general to 15 years ago, you couldn't yeah. make a career of being a musician. Not really. Unless you were a stud, you like Rush. And even yeah. still, there's sometimes places you go and like, oh, I don't know who Rush is, and I'm like, you yeah, know, it's like only our greatest band. That, you exactly. Know. But um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I started writing for magazines, shooting when I first started my career at a university, just yeah. to keep the creative stuff going. And then I just thought I love podcasts. And were you were you born so just, in Ireland or your family? No, my family's from Ireland. Okay, uh, my parents are. I'm. Gotcha. Here, Toronto. And we're so born in Teal? Born in Teal. Nice. Yeah. Raised, born and raised. And so, yeah, so I just started to start my own thing. It's mostly music based, but, you know, I've had our old mayor on. I've had comedians on. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've had, you know, you never what know mean, what Rob kind of opportunities. Ford? You had Rob? No, no, I had okay. David Miller on. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I bet you everybody knows David Miller. I don't know David Miller, but everybody knows Rob Ford. Yeah. That's. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, it's been pretty good, man. We've done. I've only. It's not even been a year. We've done thirty episodes. Great. Uh, now, now I'm recording them faster than I can even post them. So. Well, that's great. You know great. what? Creating I, content like this, I'm really happy for you, and I'm thanks, thankful man. I that I'm it. your first country guy. So it's really funny too, is you're my first country guy, but I got Tim Hicks on Monday. Oh, yeah. awesome! You're gonna yeah, love so, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I got, I got to spread them out a little bit, so it's not just like no country, then all country. Then. Yeah. Well, the great thing about Tim is that he's got a really special story. Yeah. And if you talk with him about what he brings to his stage show, yeah, I would put Tim Hicks up against. Just choose any other artist. Just choose any performer. Yeah. And Tim can bring it night after night. And I've opened for Tim a lot of times uh, back in Alberta when I kind of first started my career. He was kind of like two years ahead of me. And you're really going to enjoy his show if you're going to go watch him play. You're going to love interviewing him. He's the nicest guy and one of the best damn entertainers Canada, Canadian countries ever had. co-host this this Matt, I, well, I would just gush about Tim Hicks the whole damn time. (laughs) 
It's how, you know what? It's tough like that too when it is people that you really do like. Look at. You yeah, do exactly. get like a bit of you know nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about you know because I know you're on a bit of a time crunch and I want to talk about this tour that you're on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot because it's super cool. Um, in, in actual fact, it's like the biggest endeavor of any Canadian artist. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. So for the listeners who maybe don't know, you're doing 100 plus dates, every province, every territory. That's right. Was this your idea from the beginning? Or? It was, yeah. You know, it's it's the ultimate, quite frankly, it's the ultimate Canadian road trip. Yeah. Playing everywhere from the Pacific coast to the Atlantic coast to the American border and to the Arctic coast. hmm it's been the most fascinating experience of my life, not just my career, but of my life, because I've been able to meet so many people and see so many incredible sights that I, I feel so lucky that I got those opportunities and I got to do it through music. Mm-hmm. In a world today that, you know, you turn on the news and there's so much negativity and, and BS going on and it's sometimes... Uh, hard to find some positivity in a shining light. Music has always done that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very, very lucky that I've been able to go to a lot of communities that don't really get many shows or for sure a show of our size to come into these places and to like just let everybody forget about their troubles for a little while and put on a great show. Mm -hmm. And I love that we've been able to do that. Mm -hmm. And in return, I'm very thankful that I've been able to get so many great experiences and moments and and interaction with Canadians all over the place. And I bet that like places that you wouldn't normally think to go to Correct. are sometimes like the best shows because these people are they don't get concerts every you know, like in Toronto, we're spoiled. 100%. We can go to a show every night. The yeah. places that Wow, Brett Kissel's coming here. No one ever plays here. And you know, they're probably wild. It, it was, and and I, I don't want to say this to sound disrespectful, but I don't know how else to compare it. Mm-hmm. it. Because never in my career have I entered into a town where it was the biggest thing that has ever happened right. to that town. Yeah. I mean, and that might sound super conceited. Mm-hmm. It's not intended. No. But I remember when certain artists came to my little town of St. Paul, where I grew up, and how everybody knew about it. it was, there was a buzz. Yeah. And it was really cool to and then now be going. that buzz yeah. Yeah. where everybody was going. That was how we felt when we were in Whitehorse, Yukon, in yes. Dawson yeah. City, in Inuvik, yeah. up in Northwest Territories, in Iqaluit, in Nunavut. Um, you know, when we played in Gander, Newfoundland, uh, Cornwall, Ontario, when we played in... Um, Oh my gosh, Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, and it just show after show after show, it just became such an amazing moment for not only me but my band to like walk out and all of us are taking selfies, all of us are signing yeah. autographs, and everybody's coming to the show. It was a beautiful experience. What were some of the places that were like the biggest like hidden gem that? Uh, you know what? A, a lot of times it's the rural communities okay. because everybody knows. And, and I can't say that I'm not going to love up on Toronto or London, Ontario or Winnipeg or Edmonton or Calgary, mm-hmm. but it's really great when you go up to Dawson Creek, BC, yeah. how special that community is. It's really great. You know, we're going up to Kitimat and Terrace and there's a uh, lot of family who live in Kitimat. Really? Yeah. Well, I've bring never them, heard tell, anyone mention Kitimat other than my own come, family. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world, there man. Go, it's like a hundred plus states. Of course yeah. we're going there. Um, so there's places like that. Um, you know, everybody, if you're going to go to Newfoundland, you go to St. John's. Yeah. Well, we've been to St. John's. So we went to Gander and Cornerbrook and just had the best time. Yeah. So there are hidden gems in the places that are off the beaten path and have a bit more of a rural, um, like a rural uh, fabric, yeah. you know, to their makeup. Very cool. For someone like you who's been recording music since you were like 12 years old, yeah. what do you think you would have done had country music not been in your life? It's a great question. Um, do you have any idea? Well, it's it's very difficult because some of like my skill set and the things that I've been able to do now through music and learn about sales and marketing and promotion, mm-hmm. I didn't have that when I was younger or in my teens, I got that through music, getting a chance to hang out with my record label or meet these great concert promoters or my agent. So if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I would probably be associated in music, but doing marketing and promotion. Mm -hmm. However, if that was just never on the table because I never got into music, I'd have to say I'd I'd be a cattle rancher. Okay. I'd be working on the farm with my dad and my grandpas. you know, and, and, and I'd be chasing cattle and wearing blue jeans and cowboy boots and driving a tractor and feeding cows. There you go. That, that 100% is what I do. And I saw that the last four dates on this tour, you're going home. Like I am. to your home area anyways. Correct. Uh, you must be pretty stoked for that. Very much so. Yeah. Like our show in Bonneville, which is essentially like a, a hometown for me. Okay. Um, that sold out in the first day, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, Lac La Biche is another great community that we're playing. That's almost sold out. Uh, Drumheller and Slave Lake both almost sold out. So to be coming back to Alberta yeah. is extremely special. Um, for me, I'm very thankful uh, for those shows and to be able to play in front of friends and family again because, yeah. quite frankly, it's been so long. And it is by design. You know, when we wrap up our tour, it'll be close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what better place to end right. the tour and than be at, at home. at the same time, too. Yeah. Unpack your bus at, you know, at the farm and uh, just get out and start, you know, having some redneck fun. <laughs> For someone like me, who is still maybe a bit of a, a country noob, yeah. uh, I, 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 like I'm, I try and have an eclectic taste as much as I can, but I grew up like rock and roll in my blood yeah and that's that's always what i listen to but you know in the last couple of years like i said at zach brown i met yep. you and asked you what, what blog you were shooting for that's right uh <laughs> hilarious but, but um for someone like me what would be brett kissel's country music starter kit what are some essential albums i have to listen to okay well i i hope you got lots of time because we're gonna start with the king <laughs> i hope you have lots of time okay <laughs> so we're starting with the king george Strait. Okay. Excuse me. The reason why we're going George Strait is because no one in the history of music has had more number ones than him. Okay. 60 number one songs on, on the charts. You choose any of them, and this guy has a career. Longevity is his name. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what George Strait has accomplished. So George Strait is number one. Garth Brooks. Now you've got the best entertainer of all time. Okay. Garth Brooks. No one else in music history Um, has had more diamond certified albums. Garth has seven of them. Okay. Garth has sold over 150 million records, and that's a big score for country music. Okay. So you gotta go Garth. Then you gotta go traditional. You gotta go Johnny Cash. The Man in Black Johnny Cash is an instant that you need to do from his early stuff to his later stuff produced by Rick Rubin. You just go through the gamut of what the Man in Black stood for, Mm -hmm. how he sang, how he performed, there's him. Then you have to have a great female artist. That's Dolly Parton. 
or Loretta Lynn, Dealer's Choice. Dolly Parton and Loretta, amazing songwriters, amazing performers, and really broke the boundaries for females in entertainment because they were the ones that were winning entertainers of the year. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that were breaking the categories and not just winning female artists, but winning album of the year and song of the year when it was traditionally just men. Mm -hmm. Then as far as songwriting uh, songwriting is concerned, I would say John Denver. So John Denver is soft-spoken, very intimate vocals, intimate stories, but yet he was a big advocate for Greenpeace, he was a big advocate for the environment, big advocate for human human rights. And that was something that, you know, in that era wasn't that popular, whereas nowadays in our generation, uh, everybody is fighting for that, whereas he was a guy who really stood up for it. Mm-hmm. So I would say those would be kind of my five go-tos. Excellent, excellent. And you mentioned um, Johnny Cash. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Johnny Cash, too. And I read a really great story about you yeah. when you wrote a letter to Johnny Cash at yeah. that point. I would love, I, I heard like a brief two sentence what happened. I would love to hear from your mouth about that story. Sure, well it's, uh, the, the full story is, you know, I love Johnny Cash music since I was a little kid. And so I would play all of his songs. I learned it, you know, by listening to his records. My grandparents had all his records. And then, um, when I recorded my very first uh, album, I put on a bunch of Johnny Cash songs, like Tennessee Flat Top Box, Big River, um, the list goes on. So it's May of 2003, I'm 12, and um, June Carter passes away. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cash has had a bunch of health scares up to that point, but he was still with us, and June Carter just out of the blue passed. And so I felt bad for Johnny Cash. Um, and I wrote him a letter with condolences. I remember it was on yellow lined paper, blue ink out of my pen. And I wrote it to the Johnny Cash fan club in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And I'd been to Nashville a couple times by then. And I knew that Johnny Cash lived in Hendersonville. So I thought, okay, well maybe just maybe um, he's gonna get it. I put it in the mail. Um, my mom or my grandparents helped me out with it. And I put it in the mail, forgot about it. Away it goes. I made this recording bunch of Johnny Cash songs on a cassette tape. That was my first professional recording. You sent that to him as well? No, I didn't because I I hadn't made that yet. So it's called Keeping It Country and we got to release it now. You know, it's complete. So we promoted our own concert in my home area of Glendon, Alberta. And we had um, 500 people come to the show and our community of Glendon is has only had like 250 people. Mm-hmm. So we had double the town's population coming to my concert. Yeah. So that morning, it's Friday, September 12th, 2003, my mom wakes me up and I don't have to go to school because I've got this big concert to prepare for, so I'm feeling really good. She said, wakes me up at what, 7.30, 8 o'clock, says I've got some really good news, but I've also got some sad news. And I said, what's the good news? She says, well, the good news is your concert has officially sold out. And I was ecstatic. She said, but the sad news is um, Johnny Cash passed away this morning. And he was my favorite, obviously. So I remember just crying and crying and crying. So that night I dressed up all in black and uh, was going to do a tribute to Johnny that night. And my dad was a school teacher. He came home from work and he had a stack of mail for me. And inside that stack of mail was, you know, letters from cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody wishing me well with my cassette release party and there's a big yellow envelope with shaky handwriting on it and I open it up 
and I was, my jaw just dropped because it was a signed eight by 10 picture of Johnny Cash. And it wrote to Brett, Jesus first, Johnny Cash. Amazing. And I got that on the day that he died. That's unreal. And I don't know if he signed that for me three days ago. Yeah. Or if he signed that to me back in May. And I just got it now on Friday, September the 12th. But unbelievable! it's uh, probably one of my most prized possessions. Does that story still send shivers down your spine? Like when you just said, when you said the, and I read this story. Yeah. But when you said it, it still like just made me. <laughs> it, it, it does because it's like you can't ever predict a moment yeah. like that. You can't ever, um, you can't write that stuff. Yeah. And now looking back, you know, he's, he's passed away now. It's been 15 years. But now you forever have this connection with That's right. He was your guy. Yeah. Johnny Cash is your guy. And I don't know if people yeah. believe in heaven or, or whatever, but but I do. And and I look forward to meeting him one day. I, I hope it's that's not that soon. An amazing attitude. But I really look forward to meeting him yeah. and, and giving him a hug. Yeah. Thanking him for, you know, putting me on that path. And even though I'm not overly religious or spiritual and I know what I believe, but I'm not, you know, a super devout Christian, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say. But I believe that that message of positivity was very, very important at that time for a little kid who had an idol like him, one of the biggest artists planet Earth has ever known. I put Johnny Cash in the same categories, the Beatles and Elvis Presley in pop culture and American culture and worldwide fame. And Johnny Cash took the time to write a 12-year-old kid that. I think that's amazing. amazing. And I think that's also a very positive note to wrap this episode well, on. Thanks, I man. It's fantastic. And I think it's kind of a bit so of a much. sentimental interview. Most of the most of the nice. time, like it, they're they're pretty. Like I've done these before, and it's like cheerful and and bouncy and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And like this one took a turn my, for something that was yeah. raw and real. So well, thanks, man. My 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 thing about this podcast, and sometimes it is tough in these like pre-show ones where it's like you're really in a time crunch yeah. and stuff. Is it's supposed to be kind of laid back and personal? And yeah. uh, I'm glad we could do that. I'm glad we were able to do it too. Well, thanks, dude. Thank Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. That was very cool. The Adamantium.